I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Hey there, it's Michelle here. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? I totally get how exhausting that can be. As a nervous system expert, I want to teach you how when our nervous system isn't functioning properly, it shows up for us mentally, emotionally, and physically. Are you always tired? Do you really have trouble concentrating? Maybe you find that you're just perpetually busy and you can tend to be a bit of a workaholic. Yep, those are signs of dysregulation. Do you often feel edgy or irritable? Or maybe you struggle with people-pleasing or low self-confidence. Those are signs of dysregulation too. How about in your body? Have you struggled with IBS or, or gut issues? Maybe you struggle with insomnia or you have migraines or You feel like you're always sick. These are all telltale signs of a dysregulated nervous system. So if any of this sounds familiar, you've got to register now for my free live virtual workshop, the Mom Brain Masterclass. I'm hosting it on May 3rd at 12 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to teach you all that it takes to rewire that mom brain of yours so you can have practical tools and understanding for everything we just talked about anxiety, overwhelm, burnout, all the things so that you can really be that calm, centered presence in your home and at work. And don't worry if you can't make it to the live event, just be sure to register today and I'll record it for you and I'll send it out to you via email afterward so you don't miss out. Can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. 
I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey guys, Michelle here. So excited for today's show. You guys are always asking for all the hacks and tips and tricks about work-life balance and finding ways to succeed and be present at home and succeed and be present at work. And today's guest is just the woman to give us all of it. Lori Overbreckling is amazing. She wrote this book called Secrets of Supermom, How Extraordinary Moms Succeed at Work and Home and How You Can Too. And today she's on the show sharing tips and strategies and quick wins for moms that want to do it all and do it all well. She is a wife. She is a mom of four kiddos. She's a leader in corporate America, um, but she's got a bunch of different side hustles. So I can't wait for you guys to hear all about her and from her. She has so much to share. You guys are going to learn so much in this episode. I cannot wait. Enjoy. Lori, it is such an honor to have you on the show, and I'm really excited for everything that we're going to talk about today. So welcome. I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be awesome. We are going to talk work-life balance today. We're going to talk about how motivation and habits and all of these things factor into it. We're going to talk about mom guilt today, which I'm very excited about because I believe that's something we all can be free of. But before we kind of jump into all of that, tell us a little bit about who you are, the work that you're doing. I know you're a fellow mom. So just let us know a little bit more about Lori. Yes. So I'm a wife. I'm a mom of four. My oldest is 13. And then I have 11, nine and six. I am a corporate leader. So I work full-time in corporate America. And I also have the business Secrets of Supermom. I, my, my pandemic baby was a book called Secrets of Supermom. And from that came a podcast and programs and just all sorts of other amazing things because I just kept being driven to help mothers and help moms specifically moms that were juggling so many things, right? Which is literally all of us. And so I just have followed that journey and I'm still on it and I'm excited to see where it goes. Oh, I love that. So let's jump right into this work-life balance because I feel like sometimes it's a word that gets thrown around a lot. And then I think there's a lot of moms that feel, and I and I was in this camp once too, that there's this pressure to be able to do it all. And then you hear about balance. And when I think about balance, I think about, you know, these scales and it's like you take one little grain of sand off and the scales are no longer balanced. So it's such this like precarious, I don't know, balance. And it just feels unattainable and we're asked to do so much and we want to do all the things that are important to us. So I would just love for you to share like one, how do you define it? And then what do you think is a healthier mindset to have around work-life balance that's not this striving to do everything and drive ourselves straight to burnout. Yeah. Yeah. I think we use the term work-life balance because it's been around, right? But so often I feel like lately we start to hear these other words, right? Integration, alignment, blend, right? People want to describe it in in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I love, I I just had this woman, she's a doctor. She this is the way she explains health to her patients. 
But to me, it felt so perfect for work-life balance. So I want to share it with you. And so she talked about balance is not scales being even. Mm. Balance is more like walking on a tightrope. So if you imagine a tightrope walker, she has this big, long bar right in her hands, and she is constantly moving from side to side, constantly adjusting. Her entire set of movements is adjusting to one side, to the other side. Almost never is she perfectly in the center in quote, perfect balance, but she is balanced and she's able to move forward because she's able to assess and adjust and assess and adjust and continue to move forward. And she can move forward. And in my mind, I see this, okay, we're moving forward in our life. And we can do that because sometimes work gets a little more and sometimes personal life gets a little more. And sometimes motherhood gets a little more. And sometimes our passions get a little more. And we just are constantly adjusting so that we can feel like we can powerfully and and strongly move forward through our life and be happy doing it. And so I just loved that. And I thought that's what balance is to me. It's making those constant adjustments and just learning to know where things can ebb and flow, where you can drop those, you know, rubber balls yep. instead of, and, and hold the glass ones and keep things moving forward and feel really good about it without the guilt. Because I think that's the biggest thing is that we want this balance. But when we feel like we might be close, then the guilt is like this giant blanket that gets thrown over top of us. And then we just feel like we're drowning again. Oh my goodness. That is so good. I've never heard of that analogy. And I love it because like when I think about work-life balance, some something that helps me is I think of it more in rhythms. And I'm like, okay, this is a rhythm or this is a season where I do need to spend more time in my office or I do need to spend more time with my children or whatever it is. And I love that idea. Like we're holding that long stick and it is like we're swaying side to side, but we're, we can still be balanced while we do that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you right there in the first response, you bring up the mom guilt. And I love, and I love talking about this because I do think it's rampant and it's hard to avoid. I think at one point or another, all of us has that little tinge of it because we just care, right? We care so much about how we're showing up for our children and we care so much about how we're showing up in our workplaces or otherwise. And we want to be showing up in our best in all those spaces. And it's hard to do that. So I would love for you to just share about mom guilt, your thoughts, how it shows up. And then when it does, maybe how you're coaching women to maybe reframe some of that. Yeah, I think so. You know, the, the reason I don't want you to have mom guilt that I don't want to have mom guilt, right. Is that I want to feel happy and joyous in my life. I want to be moving through my life with that, that bubbly joy that comes right that you feel when you're, you know, watching one of your children do something amazing. I want to feel that every day. So I want something that brings that to me every day. And if I'm sitting in mom guilt, I know I can't feel that. I know my clients can't feel that. I know the women that I love in my life can't feel that. But the other reason that I don't love guilt and I don't love that feeling, and I see this, is that it actually reduces what you're able to do. So when you're constantly in this guilt mode, you're feeling so distracted. So if you think about you're working on this amazing project at work, but you really feel like you should be home, right? Maybe you're staying late because there's something amazing happening, but you really feel like you should be home. You're constantly thinking about home and then thinking about work and thinking about home and thinking about work. And it is totally zapping your focus and productivity. So the things that you do want to get done better, faster, smarter, you can't. So it's not only zapping that emotional energy, 
but that mental productivity focused, powerful energy that you have and you can use, you don't get to use it because you're drowning it out with this guilt. Mm. So I, I love to help women get, you know, go to the other side of this, not only so that they can feel amazing, but so that they can actually get the things done that they want to do and feel really good about what they're doing, no matter what it is that they're doing, Mm. whether it's focused on work or an amazing project or at home, I want them to feel good no matter what. Yes. And do you, when you're coaching them, is it just a matter of awareness and practice or like, how do they actually go about doing this? Cause I think we can catch ourselves and be like, okay, I know this isn't productive. This isn't you know good if we're going to place a label on it, but then like, now what do I do? Like, how do I yeah. get my brain to not focus on the guilt or not focus on where I'm not, where I'm not at. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that intention, right? It, I love the word intentional because so often we just go through it. And then at the end we realize, oh, I was, I felt guilty that entire time. I barely got anything done. I was unfocused. I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going home and I, I don't even, I didn't feel good about the work that I did. And I don't feel good because I wasn't home. And so being really, really intentional with when those feelings start to come up, notice them, realize they're there and say, and then really ask yourself the question, do do I need to be at home? Because sometimes the answer might be yes, right? If you're feeling that guilt and it's overwhelming, maybe you have a very sick child at home and, you know, maybe your mom's there with them or your spouse is there with them, but you, you can't get past it. That may need to be a point where you say, I'm going to stop this, whatever I'm doing right now, and I'm going to go do the thing I know I need to do. So being able to really get honest with yourself. But when the answer is no, I do not need to be there. You know, maybe they're with the nanny having the best time of their lives and they do that. And and you know that and there is nothing they're not missing out on you being realistic with that and being able to say, "Okay, I am right where I need to be. I am right where I, I want to be. And this is something that I'm passionate about. And I am going to, to focus on where I am. I'm going to be where I am. I'm going to put all my energy to where I am. So just being able to take that pause, maybe think of those things through some breathing, right? Sometimes we use breathing exercises for this and really just to get still with yourself and say, this is exactly where I should be. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, go back into it and see if that feels different. See how that feels for you. Because otherwise it just will like, like I said, it feels like a blanket on top of you and you just feel like you're drowning. Yeah. I, I love that. It's, as you were speaking to, it was kind of reminding me of this moment that I had at the end of the pandemic when everything went virtual and I practiced law and I had my first virtual zoom hearing in front of a judge <laughs> and I was home and so are my kids and my youngest was in diapers and my husband had to be gone. And I just remember setting them up like in the morning with like all of these snacks, like a whole buffet of like everything they could ever need and shows and tablets, like everything. So I'm like, I just need one hour. And the way Zoom was set up back then, it was like the the judge's assistant put us in different waiting rooms. And then mm-hmm. when the judge was ready to hear our motion, she would just pop into our room. So we didn't know when she would pop up. And of course she popped up right when my youngest is screaming, poopy diaper, like just <laughs> screaming. <laughs> And, and thank God, like it was a, it was a woman judge who was a mom and I'll never forget. She just told, she was so compassionate about the whole situation because I was, you know, freaking out and embarrassed, mortified, yeah, mortified. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, I see you have some little helpers today. And I'm like literally holding a diaper full of poop in a suit in my, in my, in my office. And she like, she, she introduced herself to them and she asked them their names and then they went on their way. 
And then I'll never forget it. She just looked at me in the eyes and she's like, they're seeing what you're doing. And it's so important. And she's like, now I have three grown children and they're all professionals and they've seen me be a working mom. And what she was doing without knowing it is she was just like taking all of that guilt and wiping it away and giving me permission to like be messy and all of it. And also understand that in that time where maybe I'm not with my kids, I'm still parenting them. I'm still teaching them. I'm still modeling something for them. And that kind of speaks to what you're saying too. Like, yeah, we have our priorities and in certain times we do need to be home instead of being at work. But man, sometimes we can do our best parenting also when we're not even right there, right? Yes, absolutely. They When they get to see like the awesome things that you do, I, the, I feel like the same sort of experience is, you know, when I was writing my book, I would wake up early. I would write every single morning and sometimes it would wake up because my children were notorious for waking up at the, you know, Oh, dark 30 always, right. They were the very earliest children and they would see me doing this. They would see what I was doing and, you know, I'm working full time and teaching homeschool. And now they're, you know, watching me write this book. And I just felt like, even though I'm not right, I'm not hanging out with them first thing in the morning, I'm doing, I'm doing this writing. They got to see that you as a mom can bring your dreams to life. You as a mom can do amazing things and they will get to do that too. And I think that that's so powerful that they get to see, I can do whatever I want, right? I like, I can hit any of the goals and dreams that I want to hit. And that's just, that feels so much better than me saying, oh, I feel guilty. So I should stop and just sit with them on the couch. Right. So I, I think that the, the benefit is that they get to see all of these amazing sides of you and they realize that, wow, my, my mom is more than just a mom. Ah, yeah. That's like giving me goosebumps. (laughs) You are just speaking to my soul. It's so true. And what an opportunity to, to show them instead of telling them these things, right. That they can do it. I love that. Have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like, why do you get so angry and yell at your kids when they're moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why is it so hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Because here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit. And then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is really actually often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There's five different personality patterns, and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategy that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what's actually blocking who you are. And the good news is that once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and then live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two minute personality patterns quiz. I love hearing you talk about homeschooling, working full time and writing a book. It's like all of the things. And I can only imagine the habits that you have in place 
to be able to do all of this because none of that happens by default. <laughs> that is a very designed, structured, it's, it's, too, it's too much to just do it on a whim, right? For all of these things that we want to do, these dreams that we have. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. I, I have so many women that say, well, that's just too, you know, it's just too structured. I don't like all those routines. I don't like all that structure. Uh And then the question is always, okay, but you're coming to me because you feel scattered and disorganized and so just messy all the time. Right. And I don't mean like physically messy. I mean, mentally and emotionally messy. You feel like things are everywhere. And so much of that has to do with those routines, those structures, those habits, because not only do the habits make things more right, more consistent so that you don't have to rely on motivation because i love being motivated right i love to wake up motivated but do i wake up motivated every day oh no <laughs> i do not i yeah. wish i did but i don't and because i don't i have to put things into place so that i can continue to do the things i know i want to do in the long run mm-hmm. even when i'm not motivated to do them on that specific day yeah. whether that's taking care of my health or that's like in this case writing a book or whatever it is i want to do i'm not going to be motivated to do that every day and those habits allow me to kind of get pulled along my body says okay this is what we're doing i say okay yep that's what we're doing even I know, Michelle, I was telling you that before this, before our interview this weekend, I went on a business retreat. And so my schedule was completely different on this business retreat, right? I'm gone for a few days, but the second I'm back in my routine, I just knew exactly what to do. I woke up this morning and it was like clockwork. I did not have to think. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have to think and make decisions and focus on all of those things that come up for us in a normal day, you have that capacity to make those bigger decisions, to create that bigger focus on those bigger goals that you want to reach. And I just love that, that, that I have that in place. And it's because of those habits, because of those, that morning routine for me, for example, it's because of all those things that just everything is easier. And because I've taught some of those things to my kids, our mornings and our afternoons are easier with them because they are in this process of doing the same things over and over again. And it isn't a constant level of mass chaos. Mm. Not that it's not sometimes chaos, but, <laughs> but not always, right? They're, it's able to, they're able to get into those routines and it's just, it just makes everything easier. Yeah. So tell us like, what are some of, like, tell us a little bit about your routines and then maybe for people listening who do feel quite scattered, what do you think is a powerful place for them to start that they might feel those like small little wins initially, that'll be good momentum for them to continue growing in their habits. Yeah. So I also, a lot of moms will come and say, I don't have time to have a morning routine. I don't have time to do all these things. And one, I want to say, I am not spending hours on my morning routine. I am spending 20 minutes, 15 minutes on my morning routine. So it's not a lot of time. So most of us can figure out how to make that work. Mm -hmm. But if you have zero routine, if you're not doing the same thing on, on any day, I say, pick one thing to start, right? Just one thing that you can say every morning I wake up and I do this one thing. And I don't care what it is because it's not about the thing. And I'll tell you what my morning routine is, but it's not about the thing. It's not about the things that I do. It's about the consistency of the things that I do. So I could get up and drink coffee or I could get up and journal or I could get up and pray or I could get up and meditate or I could get up, right? I could do any of these things, but it doesn't matter what it is. It's just that I'm consistently doing it. Mm -hmm. So mine is coffee, which I absolutely love. My husband roasts. Here or he roasts our own beans. So he buys green beans. He has a roaster. He roasts them in the backyard. It's like the best coffee you've ever had in your whole life. Amazing. And so that is my first thing that I do. 
But in the morning, I go through my schedule for the day. I've already planned it because I do weekly planning, which is another one of my big secrets that you know changes my life. But the I do my review of my day, making sure everything's good to go. I give treats to my dogs because if not, they will come and cry at me all morning long because they must have their morning treats. I give treats to my dogs. I look at my dinner plan to make sure I don't need to do any prep for my dinner because usually it's just like taking chicken out or something, but, but I make sure that I'm good to go for that. So I don't have to panic later in the day. And then on days that I work out, I then go work out. So that's like a very fast, easy version of my morning routine. Occasionally I will add journaling in occasionally I will add reading in or other things, but that just, those things are just the consistent things I do. And then I add those other things on, you know, on the days that I want to, Mm -hmm. but that consistency, I wake up in the morning and I'm excited to go have coffee and I know I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to go through my plan and I'm going to get the dogs their things, right? I just know that I'm going to do those things automatically. And it sets my day up for that calm readiness Mm -hmm. that I feel like all of us as moms really need. Yes. Yes. I, I have the same thing. And I think I've like worn a seat in the couch because I'll even sit on the same exact spot with my, you know, my planner already there and my journal and stuff every single morning. And also what I'm hearing, you tell me if, if it's different, but for me, one of my greatest hacks, I guess, and it works for me. And I think it would probably work for most women is just waking up before my kids, even if it's just 15 minutes, 10 minutes, like I don't need a whole hour before, but to allow myself to do these things and just get centered and have quiet time and do what I need to do before all the little, you know, feet come needing all of the little things from me has been a game changer. It's been years that I'm just like, I will wake up before my children. Yes, 100%. And I, I, I too have done that for years. And I, I tell you, it's because you get to focus on just you. The start of your day always gets to be just about you. Because as moms, we do not let most of our day be about us. Most of the time we are taking care of children or we're taking care of partners, spouses, friends, neighbors. We're taking care of people at work. If we are leaders, we're taking care of entire teams, right? We're taking care of other people all day long. And unless we build it in, which I definitely encourage you to do, unless we build it in, we're not taking care of us. So if you can start the day focused just on you, even if it really is for a cup of tea and, you know, a five minute journal session, that is allowing you to fill your cup first before all the needs come. Because, you know, even if you have big, bigger kids, right, I don't have babies anymore, but even with bigger kids, they need something immediately. Can you do help me with my hair? Can you iron my shirt? Can you right? Can you help me with breakfast? I like, I forgot I needed this signed. All the things start to come in the morning, even if you don't have the toddler baby age. And then when you have that age, of course, they need you immediately. And so it's just so much better if you can give yourself, like you said, just 10 minutes is, is enough, but it's worth it. Yeah. And then if you're someone who struggles in the morning too, and you start practicing this, you're going to find that you love it and value it so much that the 10 minutes grows to 20 minutes to 30 minutes, you know, and sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, is it too early to get out of bed? But I value that time so much that I'm excited to get out of bed. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm going, I'm going to have a whole hour this morning or whatever it is, because it is so powerful. Yes. And that I think, so I wake up incredibly early. People are horrified. Usually I wake up at four in the morning Uh and I, but I love it, yep. but I have consistently moved that back because I had children that woke up earlier and earlier. So I was like, okay, back up, back up, back up. And now of course they're not, they're not up at four, but they sometimes are up in the five or six o'clock hour. And so me being up at four just gives me this extra time to then like, after I do the morning routine to work or do whatever else I want to do. Yeah. And it really has worked 
amazingly well. And, and obviously I love it enough to keep backing it up. Yes. I'm with you on that. I, I, I know not everyone's rhythm is the same as mine. I've always been a morning person, not this early, but it's, it really is one of my favorite times of the day, maybe my favorite. So fine with you. Yeah. I kind of want to also talk about overwhelm because I feel like as moms, there's, there are moments inevitably where Sometimes it feels like it's just too much or we get this like analysis paralysis and maybe we don't even know where to start or just yeah. like, you know, the, the, the load, right. is so heavy. And when we're, when we're in those moments, maybe we back it up, maybe some things we can do to try to avoid when we get to that pinnacle of overwhelm, I guess, like when we kind of feel it creeping in. And then if, for those of us, when we find ourselves in those moments, what are some ways that we can kind of you know, zoom out and have a different perspective so we can actually keep going forward. Yeah. I think that we tend to make probably two big mistakes. And one is that we're in the yes habit, right? Mm -hmm. We say yes to all the things and we feel like we should say yes to all the things. And so we constantly say yes. And we never say not right now, or could we revisit that? Or no, I don't want to, right? Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't let ourselves say these things. And so we end up with too much on our plate. Yeah. And I think the other side of it is that we don't understand our capacity. So we so often get to max capacity and that's when we realize it, but we've are, we're already so far in that that's when we're sobbing hysterically or we're completely overwhelmed or we need three days in bed and we can't talk to anybody or we, right, we have a full nervous breakdown. We get to the so far in that we didn't catch ourselves. Yeah. So I think the trick here is really to say, if you've ever hit burnout, right, you know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. What did it feel like 20% before that, right? Yeah. How could you get to 80% of capacity and go, uh-uh, I can see I'm starting to feel this in my stomach, right? Like I'm, I can feel in my body that something isn't feeling right. I'm feeling overstressed. My stomach hurts every day. I'm feeling like my heart is racing. I'm starting to sweat when I'm thinking about doing this. And I never usually feel that way. Starting to catch those little body triggers before you get there and be able to pull back, pull back before you ever get there is so much better than getting there and having to get out of the full, like, you know, you're in the quicksand of overwhelm and you just can't get out of it. And so I think that really starting to pay attention to your body and learning what those things are for you, because you'll feel them. If you let yourself be still for a minute and feel it, you'll say, ah, okay, I can feel that it's tension in my hands. It's a headache under the, you know, in the very back of my head. It's those different things that each of us feel individually that you start to feel and you start to know. Mm, that is, I, I love talking about that because I think we're, we're often so busy that we don't pay attention to what our body's trying to communicate to us and our body holds so much wisdom. And like you said, it is so personal. Like I know for me, it's always the left side of my neck, like right at the top of my shoulder when I wake up and that's feeling like tight and sore and painful. I know it's telling me slow down. Maybe there's things that aren't, I'm not, you know, in integrity with that I have to go back and do that. I've kind of been nagging at me, but just slowing enough to listen to our body, to pay attention to our body is such a powerful practice and indicating when we're close to our limit, approaching our limit at our limit, beyond our limit. Cause it'll get louder. Right. I I'm sure you felt that right. If it, if you don't listen to the little sign, then it gets louder and it gets louder. And then you end up with, you know, you're very ill or you end up with, you know, something that is far more extreme because 
your body will make you slow down. It's just, you know, will you let it make you when you have that little bit of a shoulder twinge or will, is, are you going to make it, you know, have your arm inoperable or immovable before yeah. you're, you know, before you decide that it's time. Or so, we yeah, just- I, I love that you know that about yourself and you're like, okay, this is it. I, something's going on. I need to slow down. I need to pause. Yeah. I was going to say, or we just think that that's how we are, right? It's like, oh, I just have IBS or I just have, you know, whatever condition that you think that it is. And, and giving also understanding that those things are real and happen, but so often our body is just trying to communicate something to us and we just resign it to something that is how we are and we take medication or whatever. And it's like, but we're not getting under any of that and just slowing down and giving our body what it needs. So such a good reminder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So when the overwhelm does hit and we feel like we're just either knocked out or frozen, or I guess whatever that, however that stress response shows up, right. Maybe where it's the fight or flight or freeze or fawn. What are some good ways for kind of resetting or pausing and then being able to move forward in health and in strength? Yeah. I think we really need to first is the pause, right? Stop, like stop all the things, right? You got to be able to say, hold on. I need to give myself a break here for a second and stop and say, what in my life is actually, you know, being able to look at it and, and being able to sit and say, what in my life is really important to me? What things are things that I want to keep in my life? And where have I just added too much? Because you, it wasn't like you were, you weren't overwhelmed for the last four years, most likely, right? You've probably hit some sort of season where you've added in something extra or you have a big deadline or something else has changed. But just like that tightrope walker, maybe you had a big deadline. And so you had to tip one direction. Well, you didn't give the relief of the other side. Maybe you didn't give the relief in your family where you pulled back on some things or in your volunteer work or whatever else you were doing, you didn't pull those things back. And so then everything got way too heavy on one side and you tipped, Mm -hmm. right? So being able to say, because I have to give extra effort in one area, Mm -hmm. where can I reduce the effort in one other area or in all the other areas? And realizing that I think also that everything is, like you said, a season. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not always going to be like this. So letting go of something for a week or a month or a year doesn't mean you let go forever. It just means it's a not right now type of thing. And so being able to just get really honest with yourself about the things that are right now and the things that don't have to be and, mm-hmm. and being able to let those go. I think that I think it's really hard. A lot of times you kind of got to talk through that and work through that and you might need help from a partner or a coach or, you know, a friend or someone else to just kind of figure those things out. But so often we have lots of things on our plate that are not actually that important to us. Yeah. Yes. Just the comfort of releasing and delegating some things Mm -hmm. too. So much can come from that. I actually do want to talk about that because you mentioned the beginning or you talked about your husband, you have four kids and you're doing so many other things. And I think it would be cool if you could share maybe some of the ways in which you and your husband communicate or in ways in which you really share household tasks and responsibilities with the kids and all of the things so that you both can make time to do the things that are really important to your family. Yeah. We did not always do this very well. And I wouldn't say that we're perfect. Certainly not. Right. We, we are always a work in progress, but we, 
early on did this very poorly. So my husband traveled every single week and didn't have a lot of chores and didn't have a lot of things in the house that he did. And so I did the vast majority and worked full time and, and I didn't have this business, but, but I did have lots of little children, right. All at the same time. And so it was very, very hard. And I felt like I had to do it. Like I should be the one to do it. Like I had to do it all. Like I shouldn't ask for help. Like I shouldn't do these things, right. Mm -hmm. I should be able to do it all. My mom did it all. I should be able to do it all. And in processing, in realizing, wait a second, it doesn't say anything about me. Mm. If we hire someone to clean our house every two weeks, mm. it doesn't say anything about me. If we hire someone to do our landscaping, it doesn't say anything about me. If I ask a neighbor to help me one night so that I can get kids two places at once because my husband's not here, mm. right? All of these things, I just felt like were such a message that I was failing and so I pushed them away for a long time. Oh. And when I finally realized that in order for me to get more things done and be able to do things that I love, I had to allow that help to come into my life. Things got 1000% better. It would, you know, even with him still traveling, things were 1000% better. And then now he doesn't travel as often. So we're able to split things a lot more equitably. And that's a lot better too, because it's so much easier when you have another, you know, adult human who's willing to step up and take kids to baseball and run people everywhere, you know, to be able to do all the things. And, you know, even I, we, I talked just before about this retreat, it's amazing to be able to walk away and go to a retreat and not have to worry that the kids aren't getting fed or aren't going to, you know, get their homework done or aren't going to do these things. It's amazing to be able to walk away and have someone who's doing that, who's supporting that while you're gone. And, and it's just, it was a nice feeling because this was probably not the first time, but one of the first times where I didn't feel guilty going at all. I felt like this was the right place for me to be. And Beautiful. oh, magical. Yes, yes, yes. You talked about how you plan your week in advance, like your weekly planning. Is that something you involve him in? Or do you guys have like a family meeting where it's like, okay, this is what's going on this week. This is who's going to be where, who's responsible for what. Tell me a little bit about how you guys do that. Yes. Weekly planning is the one thing that has made my life entirely easy many days, right? And and with the things that we do and the amount of things that happen in our family, you would think I could never say the word easy. And it is so much easier because I do this. But on Sunday mornings, I plan out my entire week. I pull together, I like to use a paper planner and pull together all of the things that are in electronic places. So yeah. we have a family electronic calendar. So everyone always knows what's happening. It displays in our kitchen on a on an electronic display, which is also very cool. My husband is very techie like that. So that's very cool. And then I pull in all of my work responsibilities on my work calendar, which is separate and, and they don't have access to that. I pull all those things together and then I go, okay, are there places where we have overlap? Are there places where we have triplicate overlap and we need to ask someone else for help? Mm. Are there places that we actually have got to pull back this week and cancel some things or say no to some things? Are, you know, did we get way too overstretched this week? Are there things that I need to pull back on personally or professionally in order for me to be able to have space? Mm. And then I always, this has been something that I've been doing for, I think it's been close to a year now but building in white space where I plan nothing and I actually don't plan it until it's there. Like I don't say, oh, that's my white space. I can plan, you know, a dinner out. No, I plan nothing. And then when I get to the white space, I can decide, do I want to go out to dinner? Do I want to have a pizza night with the kids? Do I want to sit on the couch and do nothing? Do I want to whatever, read, 
And that has been amazing for my mental health and well-being because I know I always have it. And so I I crave the ability to get to decide and not to be scheduled in those small pockets. And that's been amazing. So all those things. And then, yes, so talk to the family, make sure we're all on the same page. And then the week runs mostly like clockwork. Yeah, there's so much power and just that intention. And I'm sure just however long that takes you an hour on Sunday morning or whatever, it just sets up your whole week. That's so great. One of my intentions this year is actually more white space. So I love, I love that because sometimes I think we just feel overcommitted and, you know, we have finite amount of energy and attention and all of the things. So it's so good to just schedule schedule nothing, right? Sometimes. Yes. And I'm even, because I'm really good at scheduling fun. Like I have never been, I have never been one that didn't schedule in fun. So I would schedule in, you know, my husband would be gone and I would drive across town with my kids and we would visit friends and we would go to the zoo and we would, I scheduled in the things that I wanted to do, but I realized, holy cow, I'm scheduling when I'm not working or doing children activities. I'm scheduling in fun, but now I have no space at all. Mm. And then when things wouldn't happen, you know, th- something would go wrong. Now I wouldn't have even a, a space of time to be able to do that thing. And that's when I started to get really overwhelmed and realize, okay, the white space is the key. This, imp- wow. this open time is what's important because then I can do what I want. And if I want to do something, you know, that's on the fun list, that's cool too. Yeah. It's so good. It's actually reminding me of something I was talking to my husband about last week. I had read somewhere that we have to be better able to pivot than we are at planning. And I was like, planning is so important, but even more than planning, we have to get better at pivoting. And I kind of hear some of that in there in that white space. It just allows you to kind of pivot in that moment to what it is that is calling you or what it is that where it is you want to intentionally place your time. Yes. I love the concept of buffer time. So to me, white space and buffer time is a little bit different. White space is like my space open. Buffer time is scheduling just a little bit of extra time after a meeting or in one like part of your week for mine, it's Thursday mornings, a little bit of extra time for when things go awry that you can put those things that went chaotic or you didn't get done or something happened into that buffer space to still have time to do it. Because otherwise, when we pack our schedule so full that everything has to be perfect, we then get in trouble because it never was, it never is. And so then we constantly feel like we're running behind. And, and instead of feeling like we're as productive as we probably really are, yeah. we're constantly feeling that behind. So yes, I love the the white space and the buffer time. Huge. Love that. Man, this has been so good. I'm believing that the women listening have had some light bulb moments and aha moments and also just like some real practical tips for starting to get some of these habits stacked to really be able to make more time for them themselves and also the big dreams that they have in their parenting, in their marriages, in their workspaces, all of it. So so thank you. It's amazing. Before I let you go, I do want you to tell everyone where they can find you, where they can connect with you, work with you, listen to your show, all the things. Yes, absolutely. So the podcast is The Secrets of Supermom Show. And that can be found wherever podcasts are found. So I would love for you to go and listen and hear some of our amazing women that have joined us there. And then secretsofsupermom.com is where you can find me for all the places. Amazing. Thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate you. It was so fun. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. 
If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Oh,